0: podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Alright boys and girls, welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host Scott Alexander and across from me, as, as always, as every single bucket episode <sighs> is Tammy Underwood, the one who was trying to keep me away from her mom. She makes me sad. Does
1: it Say, make you sad?
0: It does. Say hi, Tam.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: All right. Does so, it
1: really make you that sad?
0: It does. It oh. bought that Catwoman outfit for nothing.
1: It's fucking disgusting.
0: <coughs> All right, so today we're going to finish up my thing on William Bond, and this is William Bonham, part two. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's just dive right in. As I was doing my research, I came across this book written by James Monroe uh, after he after he was sent to prison. Okay. Okay. Um, If what he is saying is true, he might have been a victim in 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 a way of Bonin. I I don't mean a victim like he you know got killed, but on a psychological level, fear is a good motivator as far as why people do things. Even the reason why they don't do certain things. Right. You know, like, I'm afraid of fucking, you know, being bit by spiders. So I don't own a tarantula.
1: You don't? No. Okay.
0: The book, uh, I'm using the word book really loosely. Because it's not formatted like a book. It's more like a... uh,
1: it's like an essay almost, right?
0: It's like a poorly written essay. Okay. That's the only way to describe it. But it was fascinating. It really was. Um, Monroe writes about being tied up by Bonin so that Bonin can prove that he that he won't kill him like he did a victim by the name of Stephen Wells. The story goes like this. Bonin asks Steve uh, what, uh, this is his victim, <coughs> uh-huh. after he gets picked up, <clears throat> Sorry. Um, he asks Steve uh, what he thinks about gay people, and oh. Steve goes, "Huh, they're okay." Matter of fact, I'm bisexual myself. Bonin pulls over, gets in the back with Steve, and tells Monroe to, to drive to their house because uh, Monroe and Bonin share a place together. Right. Okay. So Bonin and Steve uh, Wells is in the back of the van. They're you know they're getting it on. Get, get, let's get it on, type of thing, right? Except without any Barry White, yeah. just spitting determination. <laughs> I love that look.
1: That's just gross to me.
0: So, uh, according to Monroe, Bon and Wells start giving each other head. Okay. He says fellatio, but we all know what that is. Let's just yeah. call, call a spade a spade here. Yeah. They get back and, uh, to Bonin's, and Wells and Bonin go back into the bedroom, and they keep on having sex. Okay. A little while later, Bonin comes out to the living room where Monroe's watching TV and asks him if he wanted to go in the back room and have some fun with him and Wells. Monroe says, no, I'm good, just sitting here watching TV. Yeah, yeah, golden. After a while, Bonin comes back uh, out of the bedroom and tells Monroe to follow him. He goes back to the, uh, to the bedroom and Bonnie looks at Wells and says and asks him if he uh, wants to make 200 bucks. And of course, you know, Stephen Wells says, yeah, how? Bonnie goes on to tell him um, that he knows, quote, a guy that likes to tie guys up and have sex with them. And Bonnie ties up Wells to the bed. Then Bonnie goes back to the kitchen and Monroe follows him into the kitchen, right? And he asks him, hey, you weren't going to hurt him, are you? This is something to keep in mind the next thing I'm going to tell you because it feeds back into further on some of my own thoughts. Okay. So Bonnet goes back and and, and he tells uh, Monroe, he goes, it's too late. I already got him tied up. I'm going to kill him. Now, to this point here, Monroe's had nothing to do with any of the killings. He doesn't even know that Bonnet's a serial killer at this point. They're just roommates. And he knows, you know, his proclivity for guys and, you know, is his gay tendencies and things like that. Knows nothing about killings. Okay. Okay, so I just want you to keep that in mind. Because I read this, I just had to shake my head. It was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so um Hold on one second. I'm trying to think I'm trying to well, I'm fucking, God goddamn it. Oh, anyway. He he goes back into the room,
1: mm-hmm.
0: jumps on the bed, wells is already tied up, fucking hits him right in the chest. BAM! Then he tells him did. Yeah, Bonnet.
1: Okay.
0: And he tells, uh, he, he tells Wells that, uh, to do what he says or he's going to kill him. Already knowing that he's going to die. Well, at this point, he's begging for his life according to what Monroe wrote.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and he says, it was at this point that Bonnet told Monroe to get his clothes, meaning Wells' clothes. Mm-hmm. This is right from his little essay thing. Moreau's thinking that Bonin's going to uh, give him back the clothes and let Wells go. Like, he's not going to kill him, right? Um, he goes on to say that he didn't know that Bonden was going to kill Steve Wells. Uh-huh. Like, for real kill him. He said, yeah, I'm going to kill him, but you know, didn't thought know.
1: I thought he was just joking
0: around. Yeah, I was just, you know, bullshitting. Okay. Pull, uh puts Wells' t-shirt around uh, his neck, around Wells' neck, his own t-shirt, and starts to strangle him. Rose says that he freaked out because he'd never seen anything like this before.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and as he's freaking out, Bonham, uh Bonham's choking Wells and jumping around. So you got you got. So he's
1: not like being like methodical about it. He's like being frantic himself.
0: He's having fun with it. Like this oh, is his okay. whole like, it's game, a game thing. Yeah. Okay. So Bonnie looks at Monroe and says, grab his feet and hold him down because Wells is kicking. Well, I would, too, if somebody's fucking kick, you know, choking me. No shit. I'm yo. tied up. I'm going to kick. I'm going to thrash. I don't want you choking me to death because I'm not paying extra for that. God damn it. <laughs> I learned that. That costs a lot extra.
1: You didn't listen to my safe word, bitch. <laughs> That's right.
0: My safe word isn't. <sighs> <laughs> so Monroe does it. Holds his feet down until they stop kicking. And you know Wells is dead. Bonin turns around, wells over, and his face is all blue. And Monroe asks Bonin, uh, you know, hey, why is his face blue, man? And Bonin says, because he's dead. Well, duh, we can kind of all figure that out, right? Oh, yeah, but. And Monroe replies, what do you mean, dead? Now, let me point out that Monroe doesn't have a high IQ. He's he like an IQ of like a uh, tool, like 75-ish. Okay.
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: Um, and I could have put his actual IQ in here, but I just. Anyway. My personal thought. This is where I'm questioning the story. Let's recap. Monroe sees Bond and Strangle Wells. He holds his feet down. They finally stop kicking. And you're confused about if he's dead? <laughs> he just magically stopped kicking. So, isn't that the weirdest thing? His face is blue. He's not kicking. You sure he's dead? Because, yeah. That's... So Bond turns over to... Either uh, that or
1: he was in shock.
0: Yeah, from being dead. No, I meant
1: (laughs) meant, uh, Monroe. From having to witness it, he could have been in shock himself.
0: I just think it's low IQ.
1: But no, but yeah.
0: So anyway, Bonnet turns around and tells Monroe, hey hey man, relax. Um, Bonnet goes on to say to Monroe, "Uh, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. And if we get caught, I'll take the blame for it. Monroe goes on to say that he started to, at that point, he started to relax. And more. Now I have a long thing of my personal thoughts. Oh shit! I read up to this point here, and I'm sitting there just shaking my head, going, "You can't make this shit up. This is great." And you can yeah. actually find this letter, by the way, if you go to Murderpedia, because Murderpedia has a bunch of uh, different articles right. about when this all happened, as well as this essay slash bookish. Like, uh, and I, 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 like I said, I use book loosely because, like, one says like chapter like five or something, and it's. A paragraph. And then it says, chapter six. It's, well, that's not, that's not a chapter, dude. That's a fucking paragraph. <laughs> so yeah. I put, mm, okay. First of all, if you've, ever, if you've never seen anything like this uh, that you just witnessed, and then the killer says to relax, are you really going to chill out? And to me, that tells me a lot of, a, a lot of information. It says that he didn't care about the person's life, Wells' life. Right. He did, uh, he did care about getting caught, though. Mm-hmm. It also says that the chances of actually freaking out, as he claimed to have done, is, has a very small probability right. of actually freaking out. <clears throat> here's, an explana- here's an explanation to think about, example to think about. Um, if you've never been in a car accident, and you get rear-ended. Someone, uh, someone today. Uh, wait a minute! What the fuck am I writing here? I don't God know. God damn it! Oh, that was that was a retardical question because I'm retarded. If you've never been in a car accident and you rear-ended someone today, that's what I meant to say. And there was a death. Would wouldn't you freak out? No. Wouldn't it be a bit traumatizing? Yeah. Uh, now that you're good and freaked out, your friend uh, looks at you and says, "Hey." You didn't do anything wrong. Calm down. Are you really going to be able to calm down? If you think that you can, well, good for you.
1: I was just saying, nobody yeah. in the history of history has ever calmed down when somebody said, calm down. Yeah.
0: I say, bravo, man. If you can calm down just because your friend says calm down, you know, good for you. Yeah. I myself think that it would still be, I'd still be freaking out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just killed someone with my car is, is what I would be freaking out about. And that's mm-hmm. what I'd be thinking. Like, dude, I just killed somebody with my fucking car, whether I'm at fault or not. Right. So Bonin takes the body, puts it in the van, tells Monroe that he's going to dump the body when it gets dark. Okay. Uh, He tells Bonin uh, that they need to talk more and they sit down together in the living room. That's what Monroe and Bonin do, the sit down. That's where Bonin tells uh, Monroe that he's the freeway killer. And that he uh, he and his partner have killed 45 people.
1: Holy shit.
0: Oh, yeah. So Monroe starts crying, right? And Bonin tells Monroe to stop crying and that he isn't going to hurt him unless he tries to run away or call the cops. Okay. So apparently, this little talk with Bonin sated him. Sounds good to me. You know, like all Bonin had to do I feel was safe say. Now. Yeah, Yeah. all Bonin had to do was say, eh, hey, don't worry. And, you know, Monroe stopped uh, worrying being scared.
1: <laughs> well, he's already calmed down when he said, told him to calm down. So <laughs> I could be wrong. It's just how I feel.
0: That's how, that's how I feel. Yeah. Hey, calm down. Don't worry. Oh, okay. No problem. Just saw you murder somebody. Never seen that shit before. But I'm going to calm right down. Oh, and you're the freeway killer, too, with 45 victims. Yeah, I'm calm. No no problem, bro. Yeah. <coughs> so then, Bonin takes Monroe to Vernon Butts' house. That's one of his uh, uh, accomplices. I think I mentioned that in the last yeah. episode. He um, was his other partner in crime. They knock on the door. But- and here's what I love. Butts comes to the door. In a Darth Vader outfit. Now, not Catwoman, because that would have just tickled me pig. Darth Vader. So, Dark Side of the Forest.
1: <clears throat> cool Bot- second.
0: <laughs> Bonin introduces Monroe and Butts and tells Butts that Monroe is his new partner.
1: Okay.
0: Butts then goes on to show Monroe all the, the people that he has killed and shows off his trophies that he's collected. The trophies were 21 ID cards taken off of his victims. Then they go outside of the van, and Bonnie shows, uh, shows Butts, his newest victim. So he was body.
1: like, oh my God, so he's just like, welcome to the old boys club, here's what I've done?
0: Yeah, it's like, hey, can't wait till you get your own collection, let's high five that shit. Now, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I got my personal thoughts, that's going to wrap that part up, but then we'll go on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, boys and girls. It's time for a quick recap.
1: <laughs> Again? <laughs>
0: Again. Because if I don't, you guys will get lost because I did. <laughs> Monroe's not only found out that Bonin is the freeway killer, but he gets taken to Vernon Butt's place and meets a person that has helped him kill people. Then he gets shown ID car, an, the ID card collection of uh, Butts' his victims. hmm Then they go back to the van, of which has Steve Wells laying there, uh, and very dead, very much dead. Still, Monroe's not freaking out anymore. You know, because Bonnet said, hey, don't worry, don't freak out. And that just works, right? Ta da. Ta da. After all of this, Bonin and Monroe go back home. They're sitting on the back porch. This is after they dumped the body and all that stuff behind the gas station. <clears throat> and they're eating some burgers. And Bonin looks up at the sky and says, thanks, Steve. They looks at the ground and says, thanks Steve again, then looks at Monroe and says, wherever you are. And more of my personal thoughts. And here we are again. <laughs> Recapping. Bonin says some messed up crap about the victim and Monroe seems to be thinking hey, life is good. Dead body in the van." but Bonin says not to worry and I have a burger so it's good, right? We're good. Yeah. Dude. So, after they're done eating, Bonin, uh says he's tired. You know, they're going to go to bed. Separate beds, by the way. Because they're, uh-huh. they're not together. Uh-huh. Bonnen gets into his bed, and Monroe goes to his, and then the lights go out, and Mon- uh, Monroe turns his back on, t- turns him back on. Okay. This is the interesting part. This is the part I've been waiting to get to, because this part just made me shake my head.
1: Is this what you were telling me about that one time? Yeah. Okay. So,
0: Bonin looks at Monroe and, go, and, and, and says... Dude, what the fuck is up? And uh, Monroe tells him, look, dude, I can't trust you. You know, I just saw you kill somebody. You tied him up. You know, that's, that's fucked up. You know, I think that you're going to try to kill me. And uh, Bonin says, there's only one way that I can prove that I'm not going to kill you. And this way is to tie you up. And you can see if I don't kill you, then that means I won't, right? Then you can trust me. Monroe, uh, this is, the, I'm still shaking my head. Monroe lets Bond and tie him up. And then Monroe goes, goes on to say that he's begging for his life and scared. And we have a commercial. You ready for this? I interrupt this podcast for a commercial break. Have you ever wanted to be stupid? <laughs> <laughs> or at least feel stupid? Try James Monroe's No Brain Juice made from 100% Idiot. It's guaranteed (laughs) to make you feel dumb. Seriously. Seriously. Not she sold in stores. (laughs) You just saw and helped Mm -hmm. William Bonin kill a guy in the same (laughs) exact way. Bonin said that it's too late because he was already tied up. And you let him tie you up. (laughs) Let's follow the bouncing ball here, folks. Because that's a great fucking, hey, he won't kill me. That's, oh, yeah, prove that I can trust you. Tie me up because yeah. you told me it was too late for the last guy.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. That is crazy.
0: So there Monroe is begging for his life, and Bonin is laughing and tells him he isn't going to kill him unless he tries to run away. Okay? Okay. Monroe says that he, that, that he won't run away, the, uh, and then Bonin unties him. So, good to go, right? Okay. The next day, Monroe went to work with Bonin because they worked at the same place and uh, waited for Bonin to go out on a run. I think it was a tow place or some shit like that. Um, and Monroe took off back to Michigan, where he's from, leaving Bonin in the dust. Which is okay. a, it's a smart move, man. Yeah, yeah. He said, you won't kill me unless I run away, but, you know, adios, bitch nachos, because you're a freak. Yeah. <clears throat> he says that he, he felt like he was in a murder movie. Um, he goes back to Michigan, lays low for a little while, and he hears that Bonin was arrested. He breathes a sigh of relief, but he doesn't want to get arrested too, because you know he knows what's up. He helped with that right. with that killing. Yeah. So he went back to California to talk to the cops about Bonin, and after that, he returned to Michigan because he said, "Hey, do I need to stick around?" Because they said, "Hey, did you, you know?" Were you involved? Were you involved in riding around with him and picking up hitchhikers? He goes, no, <laughs> no, I was not. Yeah. Lying motherfucker. Yeah. Picked up James Wells with him. So a little bit later, um, the cops call him and say, hey, need you to come back to California? We need to talk to you again. Right. So Monroe keeps on putting him off, uh, putting him off and stalling for time. Unknown to him, Bonin told the police about how Monroe helped him with killing Stephen Wells. Go figure
1: so much for taking the blame huh
0: yeah no kidding huh that's what i thought yeah and yeah you trust that stuff but you let him tie you up too just like he did his victim that he just killed that night so brava some
1: people aren't the sharpest tools in the shed or even in the shed (laughs) yeah this
0: i shook my head and the the writing for this essay thingy that he did is just it's horrendous but it it was entertaining Obviously. <laughs> well, what gets me with it is at some points he talks about himself in the third person.
1: Okay. And then sometimes
0: he talks about himself in the first person. Okay. You, you know, pick a side, bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of.
0: So the police in California knew that Monroe was stalling for time because they're not stupid, right? And so they got sick and tired of waiting for his shit. They get a hold of the Michigan State Police and Monroe gets arrested at his home. My personal thoughts. And I always like to tell you guys when it's my personal thoughts. And I know that they are because they're in red and I can see it. <clears throat> just saying. Okay. Oh, I thought I had my uh, stopwatch running to see how long this episode's going to be. <clears throat> I can go on about James Monroe, but that is just another rabbit hole altogether. And that is true because I chased down James Monroe pretty far down the rabbit hole. <laughs>
1: You kind of did. I, I mean, fascinated. you even had a letter written out to him until we realized he was already dead.
0: Which breaks my heart. Bash had I a nerve to die before we started the podcast. I know.
1: How dare he?
0: If you're interested in James Monroe, check out Murderpedia. Look for William Bonin, then scroll down. Monroe wrote, I can't really call it a book. More like an essay. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. So a few more things and then you and I can discuss this. On February 23rd of 1996, William Bonin was put to death, and he's actually a special death. He was the first person put to death in the state of California via lethal injection. Oh, wow. The lethal injection is a combination of scopolamine, pancurium bromide, and potassium chloride. If I'm pronouncing that second one right. His death was way less violent than his victims, though. Okay. My closing thoughts. In today's society, I find that murderers are treated better than their victims. This case is really no different. Using three lethal chemicals, William George Bonin, a vicious psychopath, was put to death peacefully. After his death, his family claimed his body... He had been cremated and his ashes spread into the Pacific Ocean. Bonin's Bonin's ashes? Yeah, Bonin's ashes, yeah. Bonin's victims, however, were treated with malice and cruelty. Their bodies were dismembered and discarded like trash. I'm a firm believer in letting the punishment fit the crime. I believe that if a killer like Bonin, uh, they shouldn't get lethal injection so that they can peacefully die. Bonin had 17 years... In prison before his death. That's 17 years of being fed and cared for by the state while honest, hardworking people are out there having to bust their butts trying to make ends meet.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: The question that I ask most often is why did it take so damn long to execute a prisoner? I can understand that at times there's a moratorium on the death penalty. But when the death penalty is in play, I think that it should be executed in a short amount of time. Uh, in the shortest amount of time, provide, provided that there is enough evidence to prove that, you know, you got the right killer. You know, And in today's society, if you got DNA evidence and all that good stuff, you can do it. They had Bonin, though, dead to rights. And yet, it was appeal after appeal. We're all... Uh, we all know that there's no way that he could have, that he, he can be released back into the public. And yet no way. there he sat in prison for 17 years. Yeah. And that is my final thought on that.
1: Right. Well, and I mean, I'm going to kind of, uh, cause I actually wrote this in, um, and I gotta find it. Um, I want to, cause I, I kind of plays on what you just said about the death penalty and everything. Because I wrote something on because I did the update on Alcala, because you know he died in prison. Right. Waiting for to die. Um so I wrote up when I did the update on him, um I would you know, I was telling about that. I said, you know, um where did I put it? Oh, it's up here further. Um hang on, hang on, hang on. I, ah, I hate it when I'm looking for something. I can't find it. Um, the death penalty is not for the murder. Okay. The death penalty is there for the victim's families. You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to find out where I put it, but it, I mean, it made total sense when I said it because, and I wish I could find it now because
0: I'm mad. Well, I brought this up before and this is how how I think about the death penalty. Let's say that you have a rabid dog and I'm a huge dog advocate, man. I love dogs, but you got a dog that if you let it go home with anybody, it's going to kill somebody. Right. Do you house that animal forever until it dies peacefully? No, you put the fucking thing down. You know, if it has rabies and, and all that good shit, I think that they should do the same with people. Right. You can't, you know, bo- the Bondins of the world, you're not going to be able to put them back into society. Right. And it's not like they, you know, hey, serve 10 years, we're going to rehabilitate you and kick you back out. Right. You know, we know this is a deadly, lethal killer with a history of sex violence. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And having the accomplices and everything like that. So he's got people working with him. What he'll end up doing is going out and finding more people to work with him, picking up more hitchhikers, and killing again. Put him the fuck down
1: quickly. Right.
0: You know? And I don't believe in lethal injection because I don't think that, especially like Vaughn tortured his victims just like Randy Kraft did. Right. I think that we should bring back firing squad. Right. Or hanging or the electric chair.
1: Exactly, exactly
0: Because think about what the Why are we treating these people Better than their fucking victims
1: Yeah You know, okay, okay, so this is what I This is what I put Um, Because, you know, I've talked to you before about being Back and forth about the death penalty myself Um, However A capital punishment sentence Isn't for the offender's family To mourn the loss of their loved one Because they had a chance to say their goodbyes Right. I mean, they had all those years while the appeals are being filed to say their goodbyes. In my opinion, every capital punishment case that actually follows through with success is for the victim's family. Because maybe, just maybe, once they know the person who took the life of their loved one is no longer able to see, smell, breathe, laugh, cry, or even talk anymore, they will have a sense of relief, relief because they can finally allow themselves to do these things once The person they love will finally have peace regarding their senseless death. You know, so I think that when they prolong it by 17, 20, 30 years, that's just prolonging everybody's agony.
0: It is. That's not
1: letting these victims' family have any closure because they still have to go to all these appeals. and You know what I mean?
0: When the end result is going to be the same.
1: Exactly. It's going to be the
0: same goddamn end result.
1: Exactly. That's
0: why I do not understand why or how you can justify having a... a serial killer or a killer in general that you know cannot. Okay. So if you come home and you caught your old lady with, in bed with another guy and you murdered him, it's a crime of passion. Yes. Go do your time. Okay. Yes. But because you're, you're not hunting people right. down.
1: Right. When you're premeditating it or, you know, bouncing around and enjoying the process, making a game out of it.
0: Right. You know, uh, so I, I kind of understand that. Yeah. You did your crime. Go do your time. You know, and yeah, you are a killer, killer and you got a felony, but, you know, we kind of understand. We're going to give chances you some chances. are counsel.
1: you probably aren't going to do it again, hopefully. Right.
0: Hopefully you're not going to do it again. There's a good chance that you won't. Is there a chance that you will? Well, yeah, there's a chance that I might kill my neighbors. Um,
1: there's a chance I might kill you. Every,
0: yeah. Every fucking day. Every day. Um, but the likelihood is probably pretty slim. You know, even if you were to catch a, your, your new spouse in bed with another person, you're gonna thinking, I already did fucking time in prison for this, so maybe I'm not going to kill him. Or maybe I'll be a better killer.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll get away with it this time. Maybe I'll get
0: away with it, and I'll just hide the fucking bodies. I don't know. <laughs> um, should think about that with my neighbors. Um, <laughs> but I'm appalled that we allow people to sit on death row yeah. Forever. For decades. And you're not returning any of these people to society. Yeah. And even if you did, if somebody sat on death row for 30 years mm-hmm. you know, or 20 years, even if they are 100% rehabilitated, how do you reintroduce them to society? I mean, you, you've got to go to a halfway house first. You how know? How would you
1: even guarantee that they, I mean, how would you even consider. Somebody like that rehabilitated though. That's my question. Is because somebody who has gotten away with serial killing for so long you know, for a period of time has learned how to hide their true persona. Well, yeah. So there's no way to know that whether they're really rehabilitated or not.
0: That's right. Carla Homolka.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, you know
0: speaking of facades. Mm Just hypothetically speaking, she might be faking it.
1: Bitch, sugar tits. <laughs>
0: sugar titted twat.
1: No, but you know what I mean? It's like you, what if you especially know? like for like the William Bonnins and the Ted Bundys who have actually led productive lives other than their serial killing on the side,
0: you know, right? Well, they're hiding, you know. All three that I featured in this series right. were productive members of society yeah. if you take out the killing. Okay. Yeah, I
1: was gonna say if you subtract the killing, they were very productive members of society.
0: Yeah. Um, now, granted, Bonin is the is the uh, the fly in the ointment as far as jobs go. I mean, it was a productive job. But it was a tow away company. Right. I can't can't remember what the fuck it was called though. But uh, yeah, it was like I think it was like some, some kind of a heavy haul tow truck. So it company, wasn't like, like, like a white
1: collar job like the other two.
0: Right. It wasn't like uh, Kearney and Kraft where it was a white collar job. Right. Um, it's a very manual labor type of a job. Okay, so still a job with, with the exception of that. Um, all three of them are about the same. Same mm-hmm. victim pool. They're working every day. They're supporting themselves. They're kind of you know they got different lifestyles as far as how they act in society. Right. Um. But very much the same kind of person.
1: Right. I just, no. (laughs) No, because like I said, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I don't even think that you can say that a serial killer like that has been rehabilitated. I don't think there's a valid way to, like, go about determining that.
0: No, I I agree. What I was getting at, though, is, you know, anybody who, anybody at all for any crime that sits in prison for like 20 years, um... What's that fucking look for?
1: I didn't know if there was a gnat or if I was seeing those. Because sometimes I get these black floaties in my eye, you know, my peripheral.
0: Oh, okay. And I couldn't
1: tell if there was a gnat in front of my face, so I was like.
0: Look but. like you got something stuck in your butt. No. Um, no, that would uh, <laughs> But, you know, if, if you're in prison for 20 years. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> dying. Dying. I probably have Rona. Gonna probably do. Probably going to
1: get me sick and fuck you. and whatever, That's probably, dude.
0: that's my goal. Just kill off yeah, dude, everybody whatever. with Rona. But, um, okay, so you did time. We've talked about that before. Yeah. How different was the world in general when you got out? A lot. And that was five years, right? Four. Four, four years. Mm-hmm. That was in a four year period.
1: Yeah, I was in sho- I literally was in shell shock because you don't realize it um, until you've lived it. Because when you're in there, everything is so structured. You get up at a certain time, you have to have your bed made. You're basically told what to do, when to do it, how to. I mean, you had some freedoms to like go to your classes and work and stuff like that in day room and outside, whatever. But this, the whole environment stayed the same. You saw everything the same, nothing changed.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And yeah. then
1: when you get out, and even in four short fucking years, because now it's like, It seems like four years is nothing. Right. After four short years, it's like the whole world had changed. And it hit me so hard. It's like, oh, my God, the world moved on without me. You know?
0: Right. Because things change for us, which is gradually. Yeah. um, when, When you're not incarcerated... But for you, it changed in a, in a heartbeat. Well, uh, yeah,
1: because my world in those four years didn't change at all. Right. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Well, like, for example, like uh, where the Amazon distribution center is in, in Portland. Right. Uh, that's pretty close to my trucking gig. Right. I remember when that was just a vacant field. Right. And when I pick up at Purina right next door, that's what I was looking at you. Pull around to the back, you look through a fence, and oh, it was a fucking vacant field. And... Now then it's they, a warehouse. Yeah, now it's built up. It's a warehouse. It's for Amazon. So, to me, that happened over the course of a year. Maybe a year and a half. For you, it would be like, boom, there's a fucking building here now. (laughs) You know, so... Oh, yeah.
1: A lot uh, more than that, though, let me tell you.
0: So, my point is, is that, you know, if you have anybody for any crime that sits in, uh, in prison for any length of time... Oh, yeah. The longer they're in there, society and how we interact with people change, too. Yes. So, if you're talking... 10 to 15, or 15 to 20, Yep, it's raining again. Welcome to the Pacific Northwest. No, it was
1: pouring last night.
0: Oh, dude, here, it started thunder and lightning. It oh, hailed. It was I awesome. Hate
1: you. I love thunder and lightning.
0: It was freaking awesome. Reminds me of uh, the song from The Labyrinth. Then baby said, dance, magic dance, oh, magic dance. Oh, I love dance.
1: that song.
0: Yeah. Remind I'm, me of the babe. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, that's what I was getting at. I was just... Uh,
1: yeah, because the world is... T- I mean, because I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday or the day before... That, you know, um, people don't realize it until, you know, and I was there, like I said, I own my shit. Um, but at the same time, it was very shell shocking for me because I did have a hard time adjusting when I first got out. I'll admit it. I didn't, I was kind of lost, kind of like felt like I was drowning, um, and everything. But I do remember my mom and my friend came and picked me up. And I had said how I wanted to go to IHOP. Because I never been to an IHOP before. Didn't have them when I was in jail before I went. <laughs> but I had heard about them. Because commercials. And I go, I want to try it. So they took me to IHOP. And I literally had a panic attack. I was sitting there. And I couldn't. I had to be where I could see the whole restaurant. Makes right? sense you feel like get shanked. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just like, <laughs> I, I'm not used to like random like sudden noises and shit you know because everything's structured and so i remember like sitting and looking at the whole restaurant and before my food even came i had a panic attack and we had to leave because i it was so overwhelming to me just to you know that i couldn't even make a decision on what i wanted to eat and then before it even came i was like i can't be here anymore
0: And that's after four short years yeah Imagine four 15, short years 10 years yeah things like that you know that's so anyway, I, had, I was going on with something about that. Then my brain quit working. Drugs.
1: I know, right? No, but seriously. Yeah, so like you said, I mean, for somebody who, like, short amount of time, who it was just, you know, certain cases, I can see showing rehabilitation. Go through these classes. Show improvement. Right. Show obvious signs that you're not going to keep getting in trouble. Because I never got in trouble while I was in there. Never. <clears throat> Well, except for an occasional mouth off, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's you every fucking day.
1: Well, no, because I'm very sarcastic by nature. So um, so there was that. But at the same time, there were people who continually got in trouble, but were released due to their time being, expo- you know, it's time for them to get out.
0: Makes sense. And then
1: I swear to you, there were some of them within two weeks that were back again.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, so how do you gauge that? How do you gauge?
0: Shot collar and a cattle prod. And that
1: I- is not... It's Friday night for you, Scott.
0: And if the mom is hot.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, that's where I'm at.
0: Groovy. All right, well, I'm going to wrap this one up. Because this has been a long three fucking episodes of research. Which is why I didn't get one of them completely researched for earlier this week. Because i was back in the bottom. Is me. On? <laughs> Whatever. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Um, check us out on uh, our blogs. Check out our blogs at uh, hub pages, vocal media, and media. This show's copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. Bye, folks.
1: Bye, everybody.